Welcome into another episode of Collective Knowledge. I'm your host, Shane Barrett. You can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And joining me tonight is the one, the only amigo, the founder of Familia FFB on Twitter and the website www.familiaffb. Correct me if I'm wrong there later. And a fantasy football nerd and analyst and former Dodgers publicity director, Jorge Martin. Jorge, ¿cómo estás? Oh, mi amigo, muy bien, muy bien. Gracias, gracias. Es un gran placer. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is uh, this is awesome. I've I've enjoyed your stuff for a long time. Obviously, we got connected about a little more than six months ago, and it's just uh, it, it's been cool being in a community of people who are like minded and uh, as you said, fellow nerdies, fellow nerds. Absolutely, man. Um, glad to have you on here. I, I'm really excited to uh, to have this uh, episode. Uh, and I'm going to try and start it off with a little homage to you. Um, <laughs> but before we, before we do that, we've got to pay the bills. Um, so we are going to throw it to our quick ad read and that is for thrive fantasy. So come prop up on thrive fantasy this football season. It is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. You choose 10 out of the, the 20 available player props to build your lineup. And each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. I'm pretty sure I have actually won money every single week that I've done Thrive, except for maybe two this NFL season. Um, and those weeks, it was really, really close. So it's really easy to win money, too. I'm actually up. I can't remember, but I'm up a lot this season for what I initially put in. If you use code FFShaneB, when signing up on the website, which is www.thrivefantasy.com or on the App Store or Play Store, you will get a 100% deposit match up to, I believe, $100 on your first deposit. Um, so go sign up for Thrive today and let's prop up. All right, amigo, are you ready? Mm, yeah, hold on. I got my I got my drink ready for oh, you. Oh, yeah. So... What are you drinking tonight? I know you I... Uh, you wanted to, to discuss it. So what are you drinking tonight? It, it's called Smog City. And it's a uh, uh, it's a brewery down here in LA, in uh, just outside of LA, nice. and it's their Smogtoberfest. So a little something left over. It's an IPA. It's uh, I, I bought a four pack, and it's just so tasty, so tasty. So, mi amigo, salud to you, salud to you, and uh, muchas salud. gracias for the invite. <laughs> okay, so cuando empezaste jugando fantasy football. Oh, when did I start playing fantasy football? Uh, 1990. Oh, wow. So, okay. yes, yes. Uh, I was, I just graduated college. And uh, actually, the, the the starting point was about six months before. Uh, one guy who's still a close friend of mine invited me to play a fantasy baseball league. Okay, and, cool. Uh, and it, it's old school, National League only, rotisserie style. It's, it, cool. it's it, we now, uh, I think you were going to ask me, is that league still going? The yeah. baseball league is still going. Now, the okay. football league, we are, uh, uh, I, I also, I actually, I love asking the, uh, asking this question. The very first player I ever got, I ever picked was Christian Okoye. I had like the okay. sixth or seventh pick. He'd just come off a 1400 yard season. And nice. And, uh, well, I, I wish I had him in 1989 because 1990, he didn't even get a thousand yards and, uh, <laughs> and he got like six or seven touchdowns. It was total letdown. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it hooked me then, uh, the baseball league is still going. 
with uh, awesome. most most of the guys and it's it, it's just uh though i though i had some incredible heartbreak i lost the league this year no. in the seventh in the seventh inning of the last game of the season no Be, because some pitcher who i put into my lineup thinking he was going to get a start against the red Sox, uh a guy, a guy for the nationals uh, he got skipped in the start. So I thought he's done. I had gone, it, it was, it was, a, it was, it's the greatest race we've ever had in our league. Uh, we had four teams that we literally traded first place in the last week of the season. And I was oh, in first, awesome. I went into first place the on Friday night and I'd been in first place most of the second half of the season, yeah. but the guys kept, guys kept cre uh, creeping up. I mean, I had a couple injuries late at the, at the end of the season, but I looked like, uh, I, I actually went ahead at the, at the, you know, in like the third inning and it looked like I was in for good. And then this guy goes in, gives up a three run Jack and it dropped me in ERA and whip. And no. I lost, I lost the league by a point now. And I went back and I did the whole butterfly effect. I was, he was the last guy I was going to start that week. He was my last guy. I was between him and an outfielder for the giants I thought, okay, th this, I, I thought I need strikeouts and uh, I, I need wins because it was, everything was, everything was so damn close. Yeah. And uh, so I put this guy in, kind of, kind of held my nose. The guy that I sat ended up hitting a three run home run. And uh, I ended up, I ended up being two RBIs out of, uh, out nice. of a point, which would, which that two RBIs would have won me the league. Those three oh, RBIs would have won me the league if I would have just not. Yeah, it just it's it's tormenting me still. But uh, but I'll tell you from that point on, fantasy sports always captivated me. That that foot, that baseball league is still is still going on. The football league, uh, we we stopped it for a while there in the '90s, and then probably about uh, like six or seven years ago, uh, uh, there were you know it was like late August. I think yeah. it was the. Uh, you know, like the Wednesday before Labor Day weekend. Okay. One of the guys, one of one of the OG members of that baseball league said, Hey, you know what? Should we do a baseball? Should we do a football league? And uh and and, and then all of a sudden it was just like several hands went up. We had 10 guys, we made it a nice. uh we made it a two QB league. And it's so different because like back in 1990, feels like the Stone Age, we kept we kept stats off the newspaper. Yeah, I was gonna and, ask you. <laughs> Yeah. And it was touchdowns only touchdowns and field goals. Uh, I mean, it, it touchdowns and kicker and kicker points. And uh, it, it, it was really, I mean, it was those first 10 years of playing fantasy sports. It, uh, it was all manual labor until, until the internet came in and then all of a sudden you started seeing the cool stuff with using yardage mm -hmm. and uh all the other uh you know all the other bonus points that that you can have and i mean it's just oh god just phenomenal to play uh to to play and just to to think about that i mean i've i've talked to people who've played at that at that point and they're still yeah. playing now and it's just and we just we marvel and it's like wow you know now we we you know we're we're we can't wait we can't wait to open up the app on our phone to find to see what the <laughs> to see what our team our guys did whereas before yeah. we had to wait until the next day you know it's like oh wait a second was that handoff actually a shovel pass and it became yeah 
a touchdown pass instead. Yeah, it, 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 hilarious, hilarious. And like fantasy content at the time was just, you know, was so hit and miss. And uh, it, yeah, just just incredible. It's it, uh, it feels like the Stone Age since then, even though we did have computers <laughs> and we did have cars that that weren't that weren't pulled by uh, by 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 horses and uh but yeah it, it uh it, it's it, it's it's amazing I, I there's a big part of me that really wishes i'd gotten into fantasy content at that point uh yeah. because you know now i yeah I, a friend of mine and i we were talking about this the other day and uh he started to write some fantasy content for a now defunct magazine and he said yeah i'd be a gazillionaire right now if i if i if i'd kept the if i'd only kept the fantasy con if the internet had been developed like around that time instead of you know 15 years after he wrote his first uh fantasy football article yeah i mean i, I don't know if you know uh hutchinson brown but yeah. kid's 15 and is starting to produce content and i'm like kid you've got vision that i like never would have had you've got cojones that i never would have had to put yourself out on the internet at, at 15 giving people fantasy football advice so um that's what like when you said you wish you started back then that's immediately what i thought of was hutchison um that kid is awesome i love him um yeah he's gonna I, he's gonna go so far yeah I mean, he's he's gonna do so well and uh and yeah it, you know when i thought when i saw you know that when i first got uh first met him via twitter which is how most of us meet we uh i sat there and i was like wow you're a year older than my my 14 year old twin daughters and yeah. two years, two years younger than my 17 year old. So, yeah. uh, so cheers, cheers, my friend, I'll buy you your first beer in six years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to kind of combine this question into two. Sure. So with your oldest fantasy football league, what are the league settings? And then what are your favorite league settings? So, you know me, I'm a degenerate. I'm in, I think I've, I've counted right, 38 leagues. Um, wow. So I don't know if you're in as many as I am, which I'd be surprised if you were. Um, but let's say you're overloaded on leagues like I am, and you can only add one more league. What are your favorite settings that you that will make you break the bank and go, go one more league? Wow. Um, you know, my... Uh... Let's see. It's kind of a, it's, it's close. Well, uh, the oldest league is actually a Dodger front office league. And oh, cool. that one's the, that one's the, I joined in 2006, uh, my first year with the team. And, uh, and it's gosh, it, it had been, it originally started around 1999, 2000. It actually started with, uh, several players, several players being in the league. And Very then cool. as, 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 uh, very that you know over the next two or three years it became a front office only league and okay. uh i took i'm actually co-commissioner with that on that league with uh with a buddy of mine and probably about gosh well when i left the team in 2013 uh we decided to actually make it a, a front office and you know we it used to be you had to be in the front office at least one person had to be in the front office 12 team league single quarterback uh two qb uh, we got rid of the kickers this year uh, by a <laughs> by a seven to five. Uh, but it's actually a fourteen team league now. Uh, it started twelve and now it's fourteen. It, it went. We got rid of kickers by an eight to six vote. Um, wow! 
yeah, it's a uh, two kicker, uh, two, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two, two flex. And we kept the defense in for this year. Uh, love the settings. Uh, we do six point TDs for, for quarterbacks, uh, to kind of make them a little bit more, but, uh, a lot of the other, uh, settings are pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty normal. My family league, uh, which we're so big that, uh, we now, we started a second league this year. The first league is, <laughs> is, is standard. Yeah. My family is so big and we, we love to kind of poke fun at how big our family is. My generation is 40 grandchildren. So I'm number three. In the, yeah. I'm number three in the line. Um, so my, uh, my primo is my cousins. Uh, I think, uh, my, my cousin Hector is somewhere like around number nine or 10. Wow. And my cousin, my cousin Ricky, Primo Ricky, he's like number thirty-three or something like that. So he's <laughs> he's right, where there's a twenty-year gap between us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's that's, it's forty grand. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say that's similar to my dad's side of the family. My oldest cousin is twenty years older than I am, but like ten years younger than my dad. <laughs> Um, because my dad was, is the youngest of five. Um, and we, we don't have 40, but we're like, and I think I'm, I gotta remember where I am. I'm at like one of the youngest, um, in, in the line, but yeah, like my oldest cousin is 20 years older than me, but 10 years younger than my dad. Oh man. Well, my, and the generation of my kids, my, uh, our, our kids generation is pushing 50. So Christmas oh is Christmas is amazing. <laughs> so I mean, we get we get like we we blew past a hundred people at Christmas. We're like a hundred, like I think the biggest one was like one hundred twenty-five or something. People who wow. came over the course of the night, and that's a lot of tamales, my friend. It's a lot of tamales. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, our uh, getting back to the question, our uh, they do standard. I mean, you know, my 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 cousin, the commit, my primo, the commissioner, he he insists that we keep standard scoring, uh, okay. which drives me nuts. Uh, but, <laughs> but I, I sit there and, but, uh, I keep, I keep saying, Oh, can we do PPR? And then th there's so many people who are, Oh, let's keep the tradition. Oh, you'll have the general, you'll have the big advantage if uh, we do that. Cause you play PPR and I'm like, Oh God, you guys are killing me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that one's single quarterback. Uh, but then this year we launched a super flex league. Nice. There, which I love super flex. I, I, okay. uh, we, you know, since that, since the, um, the league that I started playing about seven years ago, we started doing super flex just, um, I, I'm like, Oh, I'm just a junkie. I'm like, Oh God. Cause I've always, <laughs> I've always loved quarterbacks and receivers. Uh, and, and, uh, I just, I, yeah, from like even that first league, my stack was, uh, Boomer Esiason and Eddie Brown. They had a pretty good season. They had a pretty good season that year. So I, I, I've, I've been, I've been someone who tried to stack my quarterback and receiver since then. Um, but yeah, we, uh, um, but yeah, so that's why, that's why I just want to go, go super flex leagues. Uh, in fact, okay. most of the leagues I join now are super flex leagues. And if you could, if you would tell me what would, what would be a league now I'm now in the 38 leagues, do you count best ball? Uh, I th think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause if, if, if we're counting best ball leagues, I'm around 21 or 22 or something like okay. that. So, um, and, uh, so I, I would think, uh, 
but yeah, when, uh, so if you, if you were to get me to what's a league that I could get into, uh, that I don't already do is auction leagues. Okay. Uh, I love they're, like, they're fun. Oh, cause to me, there's nothing better than the auction. My baseball league, the one I told you, mm -hmm. the, the one that I've been in that league actually, uh, has been in existence since 1986 and going strong. Just, we, we haven't had to get a new owner in about 15 years. Um, nice. just, it's like every draft day is our Christmas and, you know, probably about yep. half of us, uh, went to college together Cool. and, uh, just, yeah, just a blast. But yeah, I, but I haven't done an auction football league yet because I just okay. haven't found the right mix of people that I, that I'd yeah. want to play with. And, uh, maybe next year I'll, I'll, I'll jump in because I don't, I don't want to just do it. And I don't know the people I want, yeah. I'd love to be able to sit in a room and just kind of like, you know, face off and just, you know, I, there's nothing better than just the, the, the head to head face off. And you're just kind of like, okay, I, I've got a boatload of money in my, in my coffers. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna go a dollar more, a dollar more, a dollar more. Yeah. Just, oh, I just love that. I, uh, I joined my first one with Jay Felicio. It was his home league. Um, and, uh, it was my first auction league and it, I had a ton of fun. Um, but I'm two and seven in that league because <sighs> Christian McCaffrey and other and Clyde Edwards, Alaire just, it's just been injured or like I'll score 150 and I'll lose by like 10. Cause the person scored 160 and it's like, can I like, can I catch a break please? <laughs> <laughs> that's me that's me in the scott fishbowl this year i've yeah. i've lost i think i've lost three shootouts and i'm just i i'm I, you know i've had a couple of hor horrific injuries because i had uh clyde edwards alaire and david yeah. montgomery and you know yep. guys like that that just kind of like uh you know and kareem hunt they all laid waste to my running back depth. yep and so I just sit there. I'm like, oh man. Uh, but, but I, <laughs> but yeah, I lost a bunch of, but you know, I lost three shootouts early, one by like fractional points. Oh, uh, oh it was, that was, uh, that was heartbreaking. That was to Colm Kelly, who's uh, uh, Pat Fitzmorris's uh, producer on his, uh, nice on his podcast. And uh, yeah, we're in the YouTube division. But uh, yeah, oh God. Uh, but yeah, give me, get, uh, maybe the, uh, but yeah, the one, th the one thing that I would want to do in an auction league is I'd want to be in the same room with the people because I yeah. just, I don't want to be, I, it was now, was that, that auction league, was that, was that at some uh, sports bar, some some wings place? No, we were we were at Jay's house. Oh, oh at Jay's house. Okay. Yeah. Because I think because I think um, I think there was one. I think there was a league that that Jay was telling me about where they did the. Uh, yeah, Jeff they did it. He actually did a draft the next day in Charlotte, I believe, at a sports bar with a bunch of other North Carolina analysts. Um, uh, yes. And in fact, I know. Yeah. Cause I had done, when I did my beat writer series during the during the summer, Jeff Hazley, uh, yeah. uh, football guys, uh, he, he had told me about this, this sports bar and how they had these like super incredible nachos that were just, you know, yeah. heaven on earth and you don't need to eat for three days afterward. Cause they're so filling. Uh, <laughs> he even, I think he even sent me a picture of it and I was just like, Oh, <laughs> my mouth was watering, but, yeah. uh, yeah, he, uh, and, and I think they, that was the sports bar they were going to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the day after the draft, um, of, of our auction draft. So. All right, so next question, Jorge, when did you start making content for fantasy football? And I'm emphasizing the fantasy football because I'm going to ask you a question later. Sure, about sure. fantasy football, content. official start date, May Cinco de Mayo 2020. 
Nice. Very cool. And uh, it, it actually, that was the launch of our Familia FFB podcast. Okay. Um, we, we, it was my, my two primos, my cousins uh, and I, we recorded two episodes in my mom, at my mom's house. And nice. it was the first time we'd seen each other because it was in the middle of COVID. Uh, yeah. The first time that we'd seen one another in several months. And uh, yeah, we, we bought mics and, and, and this, this all started actually with, uh, with a family argument over fantasy football. As I said, we, <laughs> we, have, we have a 12 team league and, and it might, I, it, I think it was even the previous Christmas and we're, we're at the table. We've got plates full of tamales. We've got beers going on. We've got the beer courage and it's, and you know, Christmas is the fantasy is close to the fantasy championship yep. arguments are going on and people are just, you know, animated and throwing Spanglish at each other, <laughs> insulting one another. And, and it was all well thought out. And, and sometimes it was kind of funny. And I sat there and I, I said, man, this could be, this could be interesting if we ever recorded it. And so I talked to my, my two cousins, Hector and Ricky. So what do you guys think? And I was like, let's do it. And uh, so we, we, Decided to try and launch uh, around the, uh, at, at Cinco de Mayo because it was right after the NFL draft. So we had some content mm -hmm. to talk about at that point. So we uh, we started at that point. I launched uh, the FamiliaFFB.com site right around then. I think I'd started writing some articles like a few days before um, just to have some content up there. But uh, it was just it, – it, it hooked me. It was it was phenomenal. I, I just uh, – God, I mean it – it, being in this community, it's like being welcomed into just a massive league where everybody kind of thinks to you know, thinks alike, and it it yeah. really reminded me of the first time I uh, worked for a newspaper, uh, okay. the LA Daily, LA Daily News out here. I was covering high school sports, and you know, and it was it, it was just kind of like you know, after everybody was done, people would sit around and just kind of talk sports. We'd talk about the Lakers or the Dodgers. Yeah. We'd talk about the NFL. And I, and I sat there and I was like, oh my God, I'm in my community. Yeah. That's what it felt like to be in the fantasy football community. When you're, when you're going that extra mile in, in the analysis and the arguments mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's just, uh, it's wonderful. And I've, I've enjoyed it and I've learned so damn much about, uh, gosh, you know, target, you know, uh, about, uh, a target percentage route mm -hmm. routes, run snap percentage. I mean, stuff that I hadn't really looked at very closely before and just really seen how it translates, uh, because I've always been a, a, a numbers nerd, uh, yeah. just, I mean, because of the, because of the, you know, baseball, you know, because the, the years that I worked in baseball, it, it was just baseball. I think sometimes is even beyond what football is. Um, in fact, I had, I had Graham Barfield on my uh, on my uh, podcast about six months ago, and he, he he's also a huge, an avid baseball fan. And he yeah, he told me he goes I th he thinks that uh, he said I think analytics has kind of broken baseball. And I said I think it has because, or at the very least, it's ended any pitchers throwing a complete game in the World Series. That, uh, so let me ask you this, Jorge, because sure, I don't know if I I won't say I'm a baseball purist, but does that bother you? pitchers not being able to pitch a, a complete game because of analytics or whatever or is it just oh, me? Uh, no it bothers it, it bothers me to know him like i'm a died in the wool dodger fan you know working for the team was you know my ch it was a childhood dream that i didn't think was possible and then here i am i'm peter pan for eight years uh <laughs> 
I, 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 but you know, I grew up seeing the pitcher, seeing the great pitchers start yeah. and end the games. I mean, yeah. the guys that got, got, I mean, some of the some of the all time greats. I mean, I, I, who do you have a, do you have a team you grew up rooting for? Cubs. Baseball team? The Cubs? Cubs. Okay. So, you know, I mean, gosh, I mean, you, you, you've, I mean, it's before Kerry Wood, for, Mark Breyer. Kerry, yeah. Those guys, those guys were absolute studs who would just, yeah. who, you know, uh, unfortunately the uh mark Pryor, you know he he may have thrown a little too much too soon and that and his career was never the same but i mean you saw those guys i mean carrie wood's 20 strikeout game is considered yep. one of the most dominant pitching per, i think it's the number two dominant pitching performance in in baseball history I so think, it correct me if i'm wrong too i think it's the record for strikeouts in a game Pitcher, it's tied right? yeah it's tied yeah. he tied with uh roger clemens and tom c Se- uh no roger clemens and randy johnson yep that's what um I yeah tom seaver had 19 and it, it's but it was like his third major league start <laughs> but it, it was just it it, it it was incredible but to me there is nothing more magisterial than the starting pitcher who's on the mound and he's just rolling and he yeah. just, he, he's throwing, I mean, uh, you know, he's throwing a no hitter. I think now the only time a pitcher is allowed to go is if he's, if he's throwing a no hitter, but, uh, but, uh, uh, last year in the world series, I'm watching Blake Snell in game mm-hmm. six of the world series, absolutely shoveling on the Dodgers. Yep. And I'm sitting, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game and I'm like, there's I, they're not going to touch this guy they're not going to touch this guy and and i and then they pull him they pull him and i sat there and i was like and i remember two things i remember looking at my phone and being like okay it was mookie betts and Corey seager were the next two batters they had already struck out twice each you know uh before before him and i remember Corey uh mookie betts having a look of like like just incredulity thinking they pull they're kind of like they're pulling him they pull him <laughs> and and that, that's when they knew we're we're going to win so yeah. to me it's uh i mean i think about uh dominant pitching performances that i've seen in, in the world series where the where the starter comes in and just blows them away i mean uh, i well, i was when the I, cubs won the world series Corey kluber was untouchable but by the by, I think it was Game Seven. It was his third game pitched in the series, and he just gotten gassed at that point. But like in Games One and Four, we couldn't touch him. And I was just like, if we have to face Kluber again, we're like, there's no way we're gonna win. I I sat there. Yeah, I was. I, I thought the same thing. But I mean, both those pitching staffs. That's one of my favorite World Series. Both those pitching staffs were just spent by the yeah. end i mean oh, yeah. it was like andrew miller was had nothing left or oldest chapman had chapman nothing had left nothing. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I kept sitting there i'm like why are they you know and it was uh kyle Hendricks was pitching so well and they yep. pulled him they pulled him i don't even think oh, he qualified for I the win that. And oh they, i remember that one and like john lester didn't want to didn't did not want to go in uh with runners on base he didn't want to yep. come into a, an, an inning he wanted if he was going to come in he wanted to start a fresh inning and Joe Madden put him in, and of course he gave up a couple of runs that way. And it was just yep. kind of like, oh my God, you listen to your guys. Uh, but you know what? They, uh, and and it's just, uh, I, I mean, I always think of um, one of my favorite ones, and it, this is a story I got a little a, a little inside information on. 
Okay. Uh, is game three of the 1981 World Series, 40 years ago. Uh, Fernando Valenzuela, who is uh, beyond deity went in the Mexican community. He, 20, year old, 20 years old, he just made uh, an amazing uh, you know, rise that's never been seen since. He won his first eight starts, pitched nine innings in every one of the eight starts, threw five shutouts in there. You know, but after eight starts, his ERA was 0.50. I mean, it was just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. The guy never, didn't speak English. And every interview had to have a translator. The whole country just became Fernando Valenzuela fans, even though they knew nothing about him other than he was born in Mexico and that he was 20 and that he was a little, you know, chubby. But um, he ended up with the Cy Young Award that year and and almost won the MVP as a rookie. <laughs> uh, but he gets to game three of the World Series and the Dodgers are down two games to none. And he's getting lit. It's the it's the third inning. He's given up four runs. And uh, Tommy Lasorda, uh, God rest his soul, passed away in January, the legendary Dodger manager. He told mm-hmm. me this story. He said that when he went to the mound to talk to Fernando, he told him in Spanish, he said, well, I'll tell, I'll tell him in Spanish and in English. He said, Fernando, si tú no permites otra carrera, nosotros vamos a ganar ocho a cuatro. The, question, the translation is, Fernando, if you don't give up on, we're going to win eight to four. It was four to two or four to one at that point. It was like 39. Fernando, in, in uh, 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 Tommy says, in perfect English, looks at me with kind of like a scrunched face and says, are you sure? <laughs> in English, in perfect English, uh, Fernando found his rhythm. Absolutely, just he did not give up another run. Just I think he retired like the last nine batters in a row. Just his his screwball was just dancing all over the place. And, and now he'd have been pulled in the third inning, but no, yeah. now he's a legend for life. Yep. Jack Morris for the for Minnesota Twins yep. throws 10 shutout innings. That we're never going to see that again. No. He's a legend for life. He, you know, he's he's he was already, you know, just uh I mean, and I'm sure in in Minnesota now he still doesn't have to buy a beer. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's but and and that was one of those games where he said he even said there was no way they were pulling me out, pulling me out of the game. It could have gone yeah. another 5 6 innings. I I'd have still been out there. I don't even know what his pitch count was on that one. I know Fernando's pitch count in 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 his game was like 147 pitches. Goodness so, gracious! Yeah. Analytics would, would have, the analytics guys they would, would have, have had a lost game. their minds. Oh, they would have gone crazy. Oh my. Um. Uh, okay, so you kind of explained what made you start, which was you guys were at a Christmas party with your your cut your primos. Um, you guys were having a arguing. Uh, a trash talking session and that led to familia ffb um do you remember um what your first topic was for familia ffb oh yeah absolutely it was um we we just had the nfl draft and we broke down the, the quarterbacks nice so we broke down the quarterbacks who just gotten selected and we did a little we took we told some stories about kind of like the origin we told our origin story at that point we actually broke that we did three shows that first week where we did uh we went down the quarterbacks then we went down the running backs and then we went down the wide receivers and uh just kind of talking about the fantasy implications for the landing spots for each one and then we just kind of uh, meandered into various different topics uh, through, you know, for throughout the throughout the summer months, and we were audio only at that point. We just we started YouTube about six months ago. We're up nice. around, 
you know, 50, we're, we're like 51 or 52 on YouTube shows up till now. Nice. Very cool. All right. So last fantasy question. Sure. What is your favorite thing about the fantasy football community? Oh man. Well, I kind of alluded to it before. It's yeah. just the, 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 I mean, just the inclusiveness, the way everybody is just uh, really taking each other, taking each other in it's that that to me is special i i mean because in a lot of ways people can look and look at one another and be like oh you know we're competitors or or something like that but no mm -hmm. it's just everybody wants to you know want wants to share you know share knowledge share ideas be on one another's shows i'd love to have you on familia ffb i've been oh absolutely I've been bad on the invites, uh, but yeah, consider this, consider this a, an invite that needs to happen soon. But uh, I just, I love the, I, I, I just love that. I, mean, I, I love the sharing of ideas and you know what? I love the, the kind of like the back and forth on different ideas. I did a, I did a series like the last week before Labor Day weekend, Labor, Labor Day weekend. I had, you know, various, you know, people on, Yep. And I had one show that had uh, from our networking group, the thieves, oh, there's my shirt, uh, nice. uh, our, our Twitter, our Twitter group. Uh, I had probably about six, six people on and there were all these different, I, I hadn't had anybody on who had done zero RB and okay. uh, Calvin Shoemake and uh, Dan Turner were both are both zero RB zealots. And I, and it was great. And my, my primo Ricky was on the show and he was just like, you guys are crazy. How could you do this? How could you just forget about the running backs? And it was awesome. We went like an hour and a half. It was just, in fact, I want to listen to it back because I think, you know, with the, all the running back injuries that have been happening this year, I think I maybe start, <laughs> I, I've always Dude. been a hero. I've been a hero RB guy. You and me for, both. Yeah. But I, I'm starting to. Uh, a lot of my, a lot of my heroes have, uh, let me down this year and, uh, yeah. but it, it's, uh, I love that. And, and you know what? I love the, the, um, not just the inclusiveness, but I also love the, that everybody wants to help. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the Polly's playoff. I love that I'm playing in Polly's playoff with you and I, I love to have been able to, you know, contribute, um, to Alzheimer's. And, and I mean, I have, I have a couple of uh, people in my life who are, who are, are suffering from that affliction. And it's, it's very, two people who very, you know, one lady is like a second mother to me and mm -hmm. another, another, uh, her name is Sylvia. Another one is named, uh, his name is John. He's the father of, uh, an old girlfriend of mine. And they were, they had always, I dated her for four years and they treated me like a son the whole time. And, uh, still when I talk, when I, uh, when I would see them, uh, they're just, you know, it's like, it's like we hadn't seen, you know, it's like we'd seen each other a week ago. It's just, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, but I, I, I love that. I love the way that, how everything came out of the Scott fishbowl and I play in another, a couple other charity leagues. I just can't say no to the, uh, the charity aspect. I think it's just uh, a wonderful thing. And I, uh, I love the, the, I think, I think, I don't even know if I, I thrill of helping people, uh, yeah. through fantasy football. And it's just, it, it's awesome. It, it, I, I just love it. I just love it. I mean, to think that, the, to think that kids are going to be getting Christmas presents, uh, because of us playing in the Scott fishbowl is yeah. it just, oh man, it, it, love it. Love it. It, it gives yeah. me, it, it makes me want to play even harder. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, I, I love this community. Um, it, it can be a little bitter and, and petty and angsty and uh, so many different words. But when it really boils down to it, everyone has a, a good heart and has good intentions, I think, um, in the community to truly help people. And like you said, with Scott Fishpole, Polly's Playoff, Warrior Bowl, all the different charity tournaments, um, help people that we don't even know and aren't even going to meet necessarily. So, um, yeah, I love that aspect of it too. I've got a, I've got a funny story about, uh, fantasy football. Um, one of the first people that I met through the fantasy football community is Mauricio Gutierrez. Um, he's, he's basically the Mexican Matthew Barry. Um, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the godfathers, the padrino of, uh, fantasy football in, in Mexico. And I, he was on the Yahoo uh, fantasy podcast with Liz Losa, who's uh, nice. Peruvian and um, in English. And I reached out to him, sent him an email and, and struck up a friendship. And uh, he invited me on his podcast. Uh, the, uh, he's got two podcasts, one uh, Estadio Fantasy, which is his own and La Cueva Fan, which is another one. And through that, they invited me to uh, play in a, a Scott Fishbowl type of league. So I'm, I was playing with people from Ukraine and Brazil. And it was just, the, it was incredible, the chat room. <laughs> I mean, everybody spoke Spanish, but it, it was great. It, the, seeing the arguments in Spanish that were happening in the trash talk, it was phenomenal. Uh, but I, I got, I was on their show one time and uh and someone sent me a Twitter message from the town, one town over from where my parents were born. So no kidding. In, in, in Jalisco, Mexico. Yeah. It, it, it's, so it just, I mean, you sit there and, and uh, you know, everybody kind of, kind of has their, their thoughts of what, uh, what is big in other countries and <laughs> fantasy football is huge in Mexico throughout Latin America, Spain there. I found out uh, through Mauricio that there are leagues that are, kicker only kickers and punters only so linda I, would be in heaven i yes yes she would just be she would she'd be the g she's she'd be the godmother of the whole thing she'd be fantastic she'd win she'd win every year uh but yeah it, uh, incredible I, I sat there and i was like there so would there be arguments over johnny hecker and justin tucker and he said yes yes <laughs> yes can you imagine the auctions at that point but yeah it, it, oh and it really showed me how uh, i always knew football was a worldwide game and yeah. and it really showed me that fantasy football is a worldwide game and mauricio even told me he said uh you need to uh, he told me you need to keep going because we don't have a lot of latinos doing this um and and he said you're the only latino i know who's who's leaning into you know your culture yeah. but doing doing it in english and he and he said that uh the one thing that really stuck to me is that of the people who are avid fantasy football players in Mexico uh, and throughout Latin America and through, throughout Spanish speaking uh, Latin America, 80 to 85% of them speak English and consume their content in English because they're awesome for the, for the longest time, there was no content to consume in Spanish. And Mauricio was one of the, Mauricio was one of the first ones and he only started about six or seven years ago. Um, so that's why he said, you know, just keep, doing it and they'll find you. And some people have found us. I'd love the, uh, more to find us, but, uh, that's, that, that's why we got to keep plowing. We got to keep pushing that boulder up the hill. Right. Absolutely. Um, man, I love that. 
um yeah and like just like an example of it being a worldwide game last year was actually my first year in scott fishbowl and i was in scott fish's division so that was intimidating <laughs> um but at the same time so cool uh but one of the guys we had was in australia so like he it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and he was just waking up and it was like <laughs> all right i'll like at like 11 o'clock my time when i was going to bed and he's like all right i'll see you guys tomorrow at three <laughs> so unreal um, and, and you and know what like, that was the that that's when i learned about the eight hour clock yeah or whatever however long the clock is because my division my, I, I was in the u2 division there are i think uh at least two maybe three people living in ireland yeah uh, cool. who were in that division with us and yeah. it just just <laughs> phenomenal it was yeah. uh uh it, it was it was really cool in fact uh one of them beat me in a shootout and i beat the and the other one i i beat in a shootout this week so nice. um yes they uh, thank you justin herbert so justin herbert yeah. and keenan allen so they they carried me on that one <laughs> i love justin a stack herbert. i told you i love stacks <laughs> yep yes you did all right so last question before we go to rapid fire sure. tell us a little bit about yourself outside of fantasy football. And really what I want to know personally is you were the publicity director for the, the Dodgers. Tell us how you got that gig and what it was like. And then anything else personally you'd like to share about family, friends, whatever. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, I shared a little bit about family. Uh, as, as I said, I'm the, uh, my parents are Mexican immigrants. My, my whole family, my mom is first to 12 kid is number one of 12 kids. And, uh, they came to the United States when it was just eight of them. And, um, and, and it was, uh, and it, my grandparents had four more here and, uh, yeah, it just, awesome. it's, it's an incredible, we had a family wedding over the weekend and it was just, I mean, we hadn't seen each other in a long time because of COVID and it was yeah. just, everything just fell back into place. But, um, I, I love family. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm married 21 years. My wife and I, my wife, Shannon, we met, uh, back in 1998. And uh, met at a friend's birthday party and uh, right around Halloween of that year. And uh, just two years later, we were married and uh, got married in September 9, 2000. And uh, my wife, Shannon, and I had three, have three daughters. Uh, our oldest daughter, Solana, is 17. She's a senior in high school. So we're going through awesome. all the, you know, the, uh, but, you know, <laughs> glorious. She's get she's got straight A's, straight A's. So That's she's got a lot of college, yeah, a lot of college options, plays three sports, volleyball, soccer, and lacrosse. So a girl. Um, what position in soccer? She plays, uh, she's played forward in midfield. So okay. kind of, I was actually a, a goalie. Oh, awesome. My, my youngest, one of my twin daughters, Rianne, was a pretty talented goalie herself. Nice. So, um, cool. so yeah, she was, she kept, she kept playing goalie and she didn't like it, but because she liked the action, she liked the running yeah. and, uh, and she was actually an excellent midfielder. And, uh, but, but she, uh, but they kept putting her a goalie for like one quarter and she's like, she, it would annoy her. I'm like, okay, I understand. I like you better out in the field, but you want, I want to see that your coach needs you there because you're good. Yeah. Uh, my, my, so, uh, she and our other daughter, Larissa, they were born in 2007. So they're 14, they're fresh freshmen in high school. So they're identical twins and being a girl dad just opens your eyes to so many things. Yes, uh, it does. so 
it, it uh, I, I've I've apologized to a couple ex girlfriends uh, profusely for uh, my behavior at certain points in my life. <laughs> um, I, I I kidded that I I kidded them. I said you you know one of you has one of you or multiple of you have uh, voodoo dolls about me, and you guys are all just laughing your heads off right now, uh, <laughs> watching me. De de I've I've uh, communicated with a couple of them until uh, you know talking about like my oldest daughter now dating and uh, <laughs> uh, they've had a couple of chuckles over it, but no, being a girl dad is fantastic. Um, it, it's uh, you know, one of the things that the thing I love about it is they can be, you know, it's not letting them get pigeonholed into any one, you know, thing being, you know, kind of, you know, kind of cutesy and delicate or being rough and tumble tomboy, they combine mm -hmm. both, you know, yeah. there have been plenty of times that they've gone that that they've gone and kicked butt gotten dirty on a soccer field, gotten all, you know, gotten all sweaty. And then they come home and they, you know, they clean up and they put on a nice dress and they're, you know, all of a sudden they you know, fix their hair and they're nice. And they're very girly. And I think it's, it, 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 it's great. I love that. Um, we raise them with no po possibility. You know, it's like, there's nothing that's impossible, you know, just yeah. do, you know, go, go do whatever you can. And, uh, you know, one of my big things that I'd say is, you know, don't tell them no, but let life tell them no. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, let, let them figure out. Uh, but for now, we're just going to celebrate them. We're going to support them. We're going to go to their games. Um, our, our twins it. are still, they're also talented swimmers. So they're, uh, awesome. you know, they're going to play swim and probably play water polo. And it's just, you know, just, just being their dad. And uh, you mentioned the Dodgers. So it was probably, it was around Thanksgiving in 2005. A friend of mine sent me a, uh, uh, an email and it was a job posting. And he said, I think this is you. And I looked at it and actually it wasn't publicity director. I was public. It was for publications. Okay. And, uh, and I went and I interviewed and it was just, uh, gosh, I mean, I I'm at Dodger stadium, a place that I've been going to since I was seven years old. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just, the, you know, I interviewed with uh, uh, the VP of communications and the, and I also interviewed with the uh, um, uh, public relations director. The public relations director at the time happened to be the son of one of my favorite journalism professors in college. And I knew of him, but I'd never met him. Yeah. And uh, he even asked me, uh, did you ever have my mom in class? Uh, and I said, yes, I had her for two semesters, got an A's both years. And uh, she's nice. one of my favorites. And, um, and, and so we had a great interview. And two days before Christmas that year, I got offered the job. And it was just, uh, I, I sat there and I was like, wow, I just kind of like, I, I'm going to be working at Dodger stadium. Uh, and it was just, uh, it, it was incredible. All of my childhood heroes came back to life, Yeah, you know, cause they were all like, I, I grew up in an era where, uh, the several Dodgers became iconic. Uh, unfortunately, none of them, only one of them went to the hall of fame, Don Sutton, but, uh, you know, I, I came of age with uh, Steve Garvey, D uh, Ron Say, mm -hmm. Davey Lopes, Russell, Bill Russell, Dusty Baker was one of my guys. Yeah. And I actually met Dusty Baker and Steve Garvey at the same time. And uh, awesome. Dusty, I, I was just, I'm sitting there. I'm like, guys, 
you don't understand how cool this is right now because <laughs> you two are two parts of my Dodger Holy Trinity with Fernando Valenzuela, whom I met yeah. the day before. And oh, that's and, cool. And I, I sat there and I'm just, I, you know, I'm just telling them like, because I was doing interviews with them for, for some historical pieces that I was working on. And, it, but yeah, it was incredible. I mean, just the, 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 I mean, oh, Tommy Lasorda, who's just a larger than life character. And he just basically adopted my daughters as like his grandchildren as like grandchildren That's he just cool. was uh he would just kind of like he could not give them enough gifts he couldn't sign enough <laughs> memorabilia for them or bobbleheads and he just told them to call me uncle he said you call me uncle tommy and uh it just I, and he and whenever whenever i'd bring him to a game and they, they they would say can we go see uncle tommy can we go see uncle tommy yes we're gonna go see uncle tommy and he would give them eskimo kisses and just be there we even have a picture of us uh, Christmas 2008, Tommy dressed up as Santa Claus and he was taking pictures with season ticket holders. We got to take a picture, uh, uh, a Christmas picture with Tommy Claus. And it was just, we, awesome. st we still have it. It's, it's one of my favorite, my most cherished things. I, I actually got another photo with uh, Tommy, Joe Torrey and Don Mattingly on the day oh. that, that, on the day that Mattingly was named manager of the team. But yeah, That's I mean, it was just, cool. It was crazy. Every day it seemed like um, it, it was just you, you were always on because every day was unique, but every day something, you know, something incredible could happen. Someone incredible could be at the stadium. Tom Hanks one time like was coming out of a suite. <laughs> And I'm walking in my, I'm walking back to my office during a game and he's just walking out of the suite to go to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden it's like 10 people just pounced on him wanting yeah. pictures and autographs and everything. And he's just like, Oh, kids don't do drugs, but I really got to pee. Uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so I just kind of like, uh, I, I sat there, I was like, Oh my God, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and uh, you know, I'll, I'll sit here and wait because I, I see all these people and I think someone's going to need to kind of like run interference for them. Yeah. Uh, Vin Scully, you know, the legendary 67 years, the voice of the Dodgers. Yeah, The guy knew my name. The guy knew my name. The guy was nice that to me. Cool. Took pictures with my family, my mother, my mother-in-law, my mother and my mother-in-law, huge Dodger fans, both of them. And they, they have pictures with Vin because of me and uh, he could not have been nicer. He is... He has this incredible gift where everybody in the room, he makes them feel like the most important person in the world. And I don't know how he did it. He just, it just was so natural and just was one of the kindest, most, some people, people had told me you're, they, you, they tell you, they say, don't meet your heroes because they're going to disappoint. disappoint you. Yeah. But they, but they told me Vin is the only person who surpasses everything that you would want a, your hero That's to be. Cool. And he just, he was, he was. And uh, Jaime Harin, also a Hall of Fame announcer, one of the greatest moments of my life. He, uh, this man is this, the, the Spanish voice of the Dodgers, the, the uh, Spanish Vin Scully. He's been announcing for the Dodgers almost 60, uh, over 60 years. Um, you know, we, I went to take my dad and his childhood friend and a couple of my uncles to, to meet Jaime and Fernando Valenzuela, who was also an announcer, who was still an announcer. And Jaime said in Spanish, uh, you know, somos muy orgullosos de 
que tu hijo está trabajando aquí. We're so proud to have your son working here. And I sat there and I was like, oh my God. You know, and my dad is saying, my dad is hearing this from this legend in front of his best friend since he was five years old. My dad at that time was in the late 60s. And uh, and to and and it was just like to, to for him to, for them to hear that. Just I, I I sat there and I was like one of the it's easily one of the greatest moments of my life. And and awesome. it, it it turned out his his best friend who was dealing with cancer at the time. It was the last time he ever went to a Dodger game. He passed away about wow. uh, about about six months later. And uh, at his funeral, they talked about the fact that that was one of his greatest moments was to meet those guys. Uh, cool. And I'm sitting there. I'm like this man at this age. Oh, just incredible! I could go on for days. I could go on for days. But it <laughs> it really was. I you know I was there for eight years. Unfortunately, they did. Uh, you know when they they brought in the new ownership, they started wanting to bring in their own people. And yeah. you know, uh, 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 you know. But uh, the great thing is, I've kept a lot of contacts. Uh, I actually was able to. Re the Dodgers gave me the okay to republish an article that I wrote on Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford. Then I wrote. Back in 2009, yeah. um, that uh, uh, when Matthew was about to be picked uh, by the Detroit Lions, talking yep. about their childhood friendship, and it was uh, so. F everybody, go to familiafp.com and uh, just type in Clayton Kershaw and you or Matthew Stafford, and you'll see the. We actually put in Clayton Kershaw because if you put Matthew Stafford, you'll see a bunch of other articles. Uh, for <laughs> you might see a bunch of other articles first, but uh, yeah, and and it's and, and it, the moms just told great stories at the time. It was just phenomenal. Just That's phenomenal. awesome. That's really cool. All right, Jorge, you ready for rapid fire? Vámonos. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Favorite NFL team? Rams. Nice. Favorite sport that is not football? Oh, baseball. Okay. Favorite food? Ooh. Uh, well, it's going to be my birthday next week, and every year on my birthday, my mom makes enchiladas. So it's... Oh. Yeah, home, home, mom's homemade enchiladas. I'd starve myself that day to just gorge myself. Oh. <laughs> magical, magical. Love it. Uh, favorite sports movie? Bull Durham. I love the. I, I love the two things that I love the most about that movie. Um, the the scene where the monologue where you know you know i i love where that ends i love uh deep soft white kisses the last for three days and then there's the the mound scene where <laughs> they're trying to figure out all the you know they're trying to figure out all the issues that everybody's having and you know robert wool says you know candlesticks make a great gift and you know da, 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 da. so love bull durham love bull durham. awesome favorite non-sports movie oh the princess bride Oh, great choice. I great love choice. the princess bride. Uh, I could see that, uh, any, I could see that every day for the rest of my life. I actually got lucky one time, Rob Reiner, his son, I didn't even realize that his son was, uh, I didn't realize his son was Rob Reiner's son. It was just a kid named Jake. <laughs> and, um, he wanted to borrow something from me. So I, I, and, uh, I went to go take it to him and there's Rob Reiner and I'm sitting there. I'm like, Oh my God. So I showed Jake how to use my micro recorder because he was trying to, he's uh, working is working now to try and be an announcer. He's got his own podcast. Uh, and I turned, you know, I show him how to do it. And it's probably about 20 minutes to game time. I turned to Rob, who's a huge Dodger fan. I said, I, I'm a huge fan, Mr. Reiner. Uh, and the princess bride is one of my favorite movies of all time. And he gave me 20 minutes of 
gold stories about you know kind of like the 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 dvd behind the scenes uh yeah. one of the great one of the greatest stories was uh not that not told there where he said that uh he well he told me that there's no um that every day that he, that he comes into contact with people he hears at least once that somebody that somebody has a princess bride story and princess yeah. bride Spinal Tap and When Harry Met Sally are the movies he hears about the most. But uh, the story was his favorite story was this woman had been caught in a snowdrift, and, and she was caught. In, it turns out she was caught in a snowdrift for six hours, and she knew she needed to keep herself awake. To keep herself awake, she was reciting different scenes from The Princess Bride. That's cool. And uh, that's how she kept herself awake until she got found and stayed alive so princess wow. bride saved a person's life so he, he said it gave him chills when he heard that story that's awesome that is really cool i got it okay. i got it i got it i do have to give a shout out to star wars and godfather too but princess bride is always more fun to talk about that's fair i like your other choices too uh favorite band oh man oh well um if I have to choose one, it's going to be the Beatles. Oh, great um, choice. It, it, it's, uh, yeah, you know, with with a, uh, I have to give a nod to uh, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, and and you two in there also. Uh, but the Beatles, uh, you know, there's, you know, you listen to albums, mm -hmm. uh, and there's always songs you want to skip past, and the Beatles hardly ever had any of those. And, yeah. uh, and it was just, I mean, like I would listen to entire albums where it's just like, damn, this was, yeah. and I've got, I've had the opportunity to see Paul McCartney a couple of times and it's just three hour show where it mixes in Beatles and his own solo stuff. And it's just mm -hmm. like, wow, you know, just wow. Yeah. The Beatles are incredible. Springsteen, you know, there, there is nothing that matches a three and a half hour Bruce Springsteen show. Uh, it, it, I mean, the guy's 70 and he's still playing three and a half hours. And, uh, Dude, yeah, it's, just I went to in July, I went to Weezer fallout boy and green day and green day. They're all like 50 years old and Billy Joe Armstrong is still like, like it was my first time to go to a Green Day concert. They've been my favorite band since I was a kid, and Billy Joe Armstrong was just still like psychotic and entertaining as all get out. And it's like this dude is fifty years old and is just like he's just an entertainer. And it was just like it was so fun. But like Springsteen has Springsteen has twenty years on him. So like <laughs> goodness, and he's uh, he's up there with the guitar and he's just killing it. And, and, you know, and, and he closes with his, with his war horses where you can't be, where he can't fake the energy at that point. Yeah. And it's just incredible. Billy Joel, I love him too, but you know, he sits at a piano and he could do that yeah. and they're about the same age, but yeah, those guys, but yeah, uh, uh, the Beatles, I, 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 I do kick myself the last time Paul McCartney came out, um, he played Dodger stadium. We had a conflict, so we couldn't get tickets. 
and it turned out that like Ringo Starr came out and played a few songs. No with them. way. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I, 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 and it was at Dodger Stadium where I, I think it was like on the 50th anniversary of the Dodgers playing. I'm, I'm sorry, the the Beatles playing their second to last concert at Dodger Stadium. Oh my. So goodness. yeah, it, it's uh, uh you, you know, it, 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 it utterly incredible, utterly incredible. That concert, the the 1966 concert was only 30 minutes. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, when Paul McCartney played, it was, it was pushing three hours and it was just, uh, it, it, incredible. So I, I kicked myself for that one, but, uh, <laughs> I I've, I've gotten to see a few really good shows over the years, hundreds, of, a couple of hundred good shows. Awesome. All right. Favorite adult beverage. Cerveza. Cerveza, I, can, I, I I love that. Somebody with uh, George Lopez recently said, "There's no better buzz than a beer buzz, uh, because you have to work to get it and maintain it." So, yeah. uh, I I did I did recently get uh, turned on to whiskey, which uh, okay. I I got I tried a a real good Japanese oh. like a real good you can't get this in the United States Japanese whiskey. When I was sat there, I yeah. was like. Oh my God, this was just incredible. <laughs> incredible. A friend of mine told me that he has a bottle. I, I sent him, he's a big whiskey guy. I sent him a picture. I said, have you ever had this? He goes, oh yeah, I've got a bottle of it. Next time you come over, we got to have, we got to have a, uh, you know, we have awesome. to have one. So awesome. favorite TV show. All time. Uh, yeah. or currently <laughs> me all time. All time, it's it's a it's a tie between Seinfeld and Friends. Uh, nice. uh, Cheers is in there too. Um, currently, I just watched Squid Game. Oh man, Squid Game just blew I my mind. I haven't finished it yet, but it is okay. I won't say anything. <laughs> well, and part of the reason I haven't finished it yet is like it's so dark and like mind blowing that like I can't. I can't watch more than an episode or two really without just being like just completely messed up. Like, so I've been taking my time to, to watch it. I think I'm on episode six now. Oh, okay. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's good. The next three yeah. are, 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 you know, the next three or four are fantastic when you get to number. Yeah. Number, you got to let me know when you're, when you finish, because finish. I'd love to, uh, I, every time somebody finishes it, I want to, I want to have conversation because yeah. it's, it's, it, I mean, it, it's kind of like, it, it goes beyond breaking bad, <laughs> which, okay. yeah. which the breaking bad and the Sopranos are kind of like that, those shows that just kind of like pushed the envelope and made things, uh, uh, made, made you know made dark entertainment and yeah. uh i just uh, uh, uh but yeah this one goes even beyond it and i don't even mind the are you how are you are you watching it with the dubbed english or with yeah. the subtitles okay i don't even uh, mind no. it subtitles subtitles oh, okay uh, are you you might want to try an episode with the dubbed english Okay. It's not, I thought I was going to have a, a trouble with it. And it's, it, you know, if you, if, if you, uh, watched any of the Bruce Lee Kung Fu movies from the seventies, uh, where, where they, the, where they have the dubbed in English, it, it yeah. works. Okay, cool. All right. Last two questions, favorite defensive player and favorite offensive player. And you can give me now and all time. 
Okay. Uh, favorite defensive player is Aaron Donald. I mean, he love is it. just an absolute beast. Uh, yeah. I love what I love watching him play. Uh, I love that he plays for my team so I can watch him every weekend. Uh, Who is number 45 for the Rams right now? Oh, my God. I got to look him up. I got to look Defensive him up. Defensive lineman. I, I was watching the game, uh, I guess that was Sunday night, and he had a couple of plays where he put a move on one of the offensive linemen. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that is just like it's the Aaron Donald effect. You have to double Aaron Donald, and they've got talent everywhere else on that defensive line too that like you got to pick your poison and if you don't pick aaron donald you're kind of dumb but (laughs) i can hardly i can hardly wait to see von miller healthy and and him and leonard floyd getting single coverage because they're still going to double up uh aaron donald and aaron donald will still kind of you know break through and wreck the thing so i love aaron donald all time oh god uh i'm a huge lt fan Lawrence nice. Taylor with yep. Michael, uh, Michael Singletary right behind them. Uh, LT nice. just changed the game. I mean, he's yeah. just, uh, he, he's, <laughs> he, I heard a story about how uh, Parcells, who is very much a taskmaster with everybody uh-huh. except for LT. LT, he let him get away with whatever he wanted to uh, up to a certain point, uh, you yeah. know, where he, he felt like he was hurting the team, but he let him get away because he knew that he had, abilities and genius to his game that he that he couldn't um that 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 couldn't be matched and mike singletary i I love that they always put the close-up camera on him and his eyes just as the play was coming coming his eyes just you know kind of like slanted and he just went into like another world of just oh yeah just phenomenal uh favorite player now oh gosh um it's hard. I love quarterbacks. Uh, it's probably, uh, I, I don't know how politically correct it is, but I do love Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. So I, I don't, I'm coming with the Aaron's, uh, I, I love the genius that he plays with. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I, I think it's incredible. I also just, gosh, I mean, I, I love Mahomes. Uh, I know yeah. he's going through a rough patch right now, but it, it you know, it's funny. I think people who are kind of like talking about him saying he, they've figured him out. It reminds me of probably about like seven, eight years ago. Uh, they, they, they were talking about Brady being done. Yeah. He had like two or three rough games. And then uh, in fact, I remember I had him on one of my teams in this one buddy of mine. In fact, my co-commissioner was on my case. You got, I got to trade. He wanted to trade me Andy Dalton. And he wanted me to give him a running back. And, I, and he's like, yeah, he goes, Brady's done. Brady's done. Brady's done. And I said, no, just patience, patience, paciencia. Uh, I'm going to, I, I, yeah, I'm going to, he's not done. And then like the next game he threw 400 yards and it was like that, <laughs> that discussion was over. Uh, all time. It, it's, uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen highlights of Earl Campbell, uh, Houston Oilers. Okay. Yeah. He he is one of the uh, one of the most physically just uh, imposing and just uh, destructive running backs uh, of all time. I mean, he I think I think before I think Derrick Henry was on his way to leading the NFL in rushing three years in a row, and the last time yeah. it was done was, was Earl Campbell in his first three years in the NFL, just with Eric Dickerson right behind him because Eric Dickerson nice. just a 63 220 pound running back who could who could run like a who who could run like a sprinter just oh, 
Uh, just incredible. Just incredible. All right, Jorge, this was awesome. And we talked a lot of baseball, which is, is a new, uh, new addition to collective knowledge. Um, so first off, thank you so much for coming on. I had a blast. Um, getting to know about you and your history with, with fantasy football and, and sports in general. Um, so before we go and wrap it up, where can people find you? It's right there if you haven't been paying attention. Um, and what are, what are you working on and what do you want to plug? Well, uh, well, I mean, Shane, thank you so much. Uh, as, we, as we say in Spanish, this fue un gran placer. Uh, it was such a pleasure to be on here. Uh, thank you again for the invite. Uh, yeah, you can find uh, me at Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter. That's where I push out all our content. Uh, I'd love it if you guys could uh, check out our, fam- our Familia FFB YouTube channel. And uh, you can also go to Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, and Twitter. Just put Familia FFB, and we're Apple there. Podcast. Oh yeah, we're on Apple. We're we're on also on Anchor. So uh, if you follow, you go to Apple, Google, Spotify, any wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you can find us. Just put Familia FFB on there, and we will give you fantasy football con sabor latino. I love it. Awesome, man. Um, Again, appreciate you coming on. Make sure you guys, uh, if you like tonight's show, like and subscribe to the Fantasy Football Collective YouTube page. Follow us on Twitter at FF underscore collective. That's K-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V. And the audio-only version will come out on the Fantasy Nightcap, which is at Fantasy Nightcap. And I am your host, Shane Barrett, at, at FF Shane B. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Collective Knowledge. Cheers.